Hello and welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. We are aiming to help you navigate the murky and often difficult world of employment law and make sure you keep on the straight and narrow with your staff. Welcome to season one, where we're covering disciplinaries or formal hearings where someone might be dismissed or fired. Our aim in this season is to guide you through conducting your own disciplinary procedures from start to finish, making sure you keep in touch with the law. Hello, welcome to our first in a series of eight podcasts. My name is Simon Allison, I'm the head of Black Adder's employment team. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners who require to conduct disciplinary proceedings. This includes formal disciplinary hearings with any of the following outcomes from verbal warning right through to dismissal or summary dismissal. In this series, we intend to provide you with the eight steps you require to follow to ensure you conduct a fair dismissal. Throughout this series, we'll be focusing on misconduct. More on that later. However, today's episode, Step 1, is entitled, Where Do I Start? Or more specifically, where do I start when I want to potentially dismiss or discipline an employee? To answer that question, I'm joined today by my colleague, Andrew Wallace. Hello, Andrew. Good morning, Simon. (laughs) Okay, so I guess before we get into it, the first question which a manager should ask is, why should I care about a fair procedure? And what do you think about that? Uh, Well, I think the most obvious reason for following a fair procedure is to avoid ending up in an employment tribunal. Uh, these can be often very time-consuming for staff and not very enjoyable for uh, employees of a company. There's no definite outcome at the end of it. It can often depend on how the employment judge interprets uh, the evidence on the day. And, and that's the risk, isn't it? I suppose it's the risk of the fact that you don't know where it's going to go. You, you know, in a way, it might be the best case in the world, but at the last minute something happens and you end up losing. So it's a really risky, a risky option, isn't it? Absolutely. And the one thing that's definite from an employment tribunal is that the legal expenses uh, for the company, which I'm sure most companies will be keen to avoid... Exactly. So it's compensation too. If you're found to have um, conducted an unfair dismissal, um, there'll be compensation paid to the employee. From the 6th of April 2016, compensation was capped at the lower of 52 weeks pay or £78,962. So even though it's capped, it's still pretty massive compensation you might have to pay. Um, Worse still, if the employee can claim that the dismissal was linked to some form of discrimination, That's when the cap doesn't apply and compensation can potentially be limitless. So in a way, it is potentially important for employers to get the procedure right, failing which they risk going to an employment tribunal and having an award of compensation paid against them. It's probably worth at this point mentioning a a quick uh, point on length of service. Uh, Obviously, we know that an employee can't claim unfair dismissal until they've been employed for two years, but a lot of employers seem to, to miss that fact. Um, but that doesn't apply if that employee has been dismissed for an act of discrimination. Yes. So I, I suppose that employers, with employees who are less than two years service, they know that as far as ordinary unfair dismissal claims are concerned, the employees can't claim ordinary unfair dismissal, um, whereas two years service or more, um, the employees can claim unfair dismissal. But as you say, in terms of discrimination, there's no specific length of service required to claim discrimination. Exactly. So lots of good reasons for managers and business owners to take advice before dismissing employees. And I guess that's the trick, is you want to take advice before you dismiss an employee. Um, You can take it from me that it's much cheaper to take preemptive advice from a lawyer um, before you dismiss an employee rather than go ahead and do it 
and take advice when you're faced with an employment tribunal claim from that ex-employee. Okay, um, so that covers why a manager and business owner should care about fair procedure. So now into the legal bit. Um, what are the fair legal reasons for dismissal? Um, so there are basically four fair reasons for dismissal. Um, and what an employment tribunal will do is it will consider in the first instance whether or not you have identified as an employer one of the four fair reasons. Um, and that should really be the starting point for any manager or business owner. Work out which of the four fair legal reasons applies before they start in the process of a disciplinary procedure. So the first of those fair reasons for dismissal would be conduct. Well, this is the obvious one where an employee misbehaves or breaches the rules of an employer. Um, and there are obviously certain procedures to follow after that has occurred. And second potential fair reason for dismissal is capability, which is a case of, it's not an employee, he does something on purpose. It's a case that either their performance has been not very good for a um, for a long time or that they've been off ill for a long time and there's no prospect of them coming back to work, that so, they're not capable of doing the job. So it's kind of underperforming employees, isn't it? Performance issues or even ill health falls into capability yeah, as well. That's absolutely. the second reason. Third reason would be redundancy. So uh, might be the case that the company might be facing an economic struggle for the time and the case that they try to save money and it might be that that specific role or a number of roles uh, are no longer required by the company after a restructure or for any other reason and the fair, potential fair reason for a dismissal would be to make that role redundant. Okay, so that's the third reason. Conduct, capability, redundancy and the fourth reason would be some other substantial reason which is a lawyer's favourite, it's a weak catch-all which is a lot harder than you'd think to fit, <laughs> fit into. Um, it should be used with caution by an employer, but it is there as a sort of last resort. And from my perspective, I don't see very many of these kind of some other substantial reason dismissals when I'm dealing with things in practice, do you? No, pop up every now and again, but not often. No, okay. Okay, so we've got the four fair reasons for dismissal. Um, and what the law says is that there are different procedures for employers to follow for each of the four different fair reasons. So the different reasons for dismissal mean different procedures for the employer. And in a way, if you get the procedure wrong, what should be a fair dismissal reason, the potential into unfair dismissal. Um, so if you get the wrong procedure for the right reason, then that would potentially render the dismissal to be unfair and compensation may flow from that. I mean, in my experience, Conduct and capability are the two most common of these four. And actually, these two are often confused. This is where occasionally employers can get it slightly wrong. Um, I've often seen employers confuse conduct and capability, and even I've seen some employment lawyers get that wrong as well. So I guess the next question is, how can I tell the difference between conduct and capability? Um, well, the way I look at it is, in a way, Conduct is more a case that the employee won't work, whereas capability is the employee can't work. What's that program you used to watch called, Andy? Uh, can't cook, won't cook. Can't cook, won't cook. <laughs> Your daytime TV. I'm definitely so, in the can't cook category. <laughs> can't cook. Andy can't cook Wallace. Um, so that's a good example. Um, can't cook, won't cook. Can't work, won't work. Whereas um, a can't work, an employee is underperforming um, or due to ill health, the employee, employee can't work, that would be capability. Um, by comparison, won't work, an employee won't work, it's a willful act 
that would be conduct. So that's a good way of looking at it. Is it the case that the employee can't work? That's capability, i.e. performance, ill health. Is it the case the employee won't work? That would be misconduct or gross misconduct. In today's episode, we intend to focus on the issue of conduct. Does that make sense, Andrew? Uh, yeah, a good example of somebody that had a number of problem employees and had endless headaches as a result of her employees was, in fact, Snow White. She had various dwarfs, all with different personalities and uh, <laughs> various issues arising from them. Gosh, I'm intrigued. Snow White, tell me more. Well, take, for example, Grumpy. It wasn't the case that Grumpy wasn't any good at his job. In fact, he was a very good employee. It was his attitude and demeanour around the workplace which uh, caused Snow White a lot of problems. So applying the can't work, won't work, what was he? It was the case that he wouldn't work. He chose not to work. Okay. Um, So that that would make it conduct then as opposed to capability? That would make it a conduct issue. I see. Very cunning. Uh, Which is very different to the case of Dopey, who had all the best intentions in the world and tried as hard as he could. It was just a case that he wasn't very good at his job. Okay, so he can't work or won't work. It was a case that he couldn't work. He chose to work, but it it was a case that he couldn't actually do it. So it was more of a capability issue. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, The same applies for Sleepy. Sleepy, again, wanted to work, um, but his late nights or potentially an ill health condition meant that he couldn't work because he was constantly nipping off to the corner for a wee snooze. Gosh, that reminds me of someone. Anyone in particular? (laughs) Carry on, carry on. Um, But again, it's not a case that he's choosing not to work. It's a a condition that's caused him to be sleepy. Uh, Whether that's self-inflicted or not would require some investigation, but it would be more a performance issue and capability. Wow, okay, so we've had grumpy, won't work, misconduct. Dopey, can't work, capability. Sleepy, can't work, capability. Wow, that's pretty good. Now, there were four other problem employees. Hmm. I'll give you a tenner if you can name them all, Si. <laughs> a tenner? Surely more than that. That's all I can afford on my <laughs> newly qualified wage. Right, okay. okay, easy peasy. The seven dwarfs, uh, grumpy, dopey, sleepy, sneezy, gropey, dumpy, sleazy. I don't think those last ones are uh, part, part of Sleazy was a dwarf, wasn't he? Definitely wasn't. No, okay. No, give me a give me. Grumpy, dopey, sleepy, sneezy, happy, mm, bashful, someone else. I can't remember the last one. Insignificant one. Who was the last one again? How could you forget your twin Doc? (laughs) Doc. Doc was the most pointless, pointless dwarf ever. Doc, okay. Fine. But yes, each of them all caused different issues for Snow White and she was on the phone to us constantly asking us how to deal with them. (laughs) Okay. So that's a tenner I owe you? Absolutely. Okay, well, just knock off the money you owe in my swear box in my office. So we've got three points to consider from this episode, three learning points for managers and business owners. The first message is, before you start down the route of a disciplinary hearing, work out where you're going. Start with your answer and work your way back. Is it conduct? Is it capability? Work out where you're going. When you know where you're going, you will then work out the correct procedure to get there. That's the first learning point, in my view. So you need to decide at an early stage, is it the case that the employee can't work or is it the case that the employee is choosing not to work? Uh, Don't get it wrong at that stage and then the right procedure will fall into place from there. Okay. Um, And the third point, I guess, is if in doubt, take advice. It's much cheaper to take preemptive legal advice before you dismiss an employee rather than be reactive and take advice after you've been faced with an employment tribunal claim. Um, If in doubt, take advice. 
Okay, so that finishes our first, our Maiden episode. Um, and basically, if you want help with your slackers, call Slimin at Black Adders. <laughs> you like that? That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're working out for the next episode. Thank you, goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it useful. If you'd like any more information on how to conduct a formal disciplinary hearing, then please subscribe to our other episodes on Employment Lawyer in Your Pocket on iTunes. Or, if you want to speak to us directly, we always welcome interaction on Twitter at EmployerSimon and EmployerAndy.